Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Dead. It's going down. It's going down. I'm yelling timber. You better move. You better move. You better dance. Yiggity. His name was Ernie, and he drove the fastest milk cart in the West. Oh, Mr. Porter, oh, Mr. Porter, oh, Mr. Porter, oh, Mr. Porter. It's just so physical, physical, for me. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 103 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. Smash and grab, baby, smash and grab. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. The Whitecaps have done it again. Third week running, third late dramatic winner. Caused caused Steve, basically, to to touch himself so much, I think he might actually get a too-much ban from the MLS Disciplinary Committee. Yeah, what could I do? It's difficult to get through. I've actually, I think they should be called the cardiac caps because they're essentially giving everybody like you know cardiac arrest by the end of the game and heart attacks. I like that. Let's go with that hashtag. Hashtag cardiac caps. That's a new one, folks. As you can tell, we are very cock a hoop as we record this episode after the game at BC Place. I think the first time you use that term this year. Yeah, it's I don't know why because I've been cock a hoop for the last few weeks. It wasn't a fantastic performance. No. Even Carl Robinson admitted that after the game. He said he'd rather be sitting there after having a performance like that, but with three points in the bag, than having played well and not having three points in the bag. But he admitted that even he thought it was going to end up as 1-1. No, I totally agree with that. It was it, uh, Not only did, was their performance bad, but the whole... Overall, the match wasn't terribly exciting. It was one of the, what it wasn't a classic Cascadia oh, comeback. Second half no. was pretty dire stuff. Even the first half was all right. Yeah, obviously they scored the goal early, but it wasn't you know tremendous or anything like that. But we'll go into a little bit of analysis of the game very shortly. Only thing I want to mention just now though is, is the possession side of it. Sixty-six percent possession for Portland. 34% position for the Caps over the game. That is insane. I mean, you had a great tweet about how, how it kind of felt out there. Yeah, I basically said it at the half it was a perfect road match right now for the Caps because uh, they were essentially soaking up all the pressure and letting Portland do whatever they want with the ball. Yeah, and I, I mean, it definitely felt like an away game. And maybe that was because the White Caps have never beaten Portland at home. So they have, decided to yeah, do it away. They, they, they're used to beating them in Portland now, so they yeah. thought, hey, let's just make this an away game, fill, fill the players into thinking it's uh, at Piggy Park, and, and it worked. So before we go in any further and we try and kind of calm down our excitement here, let's hear a little bit from both coaches. We're going to hear from a very happy Welshman, because not only did the White Caps win, but Wales won this morning. Uh, so we'll hear from Kyle Robinson, and then we'll hear from prickly Caleb Porter, who wasn't what, actually... He wasn't as angry as you, I thought he was going to be when I walked I, I was disappointed. I, I sent Steve in there with the, the firm instructions to poke the, the wild beast to get him to, to flip, but it turns out he didn't. 
So let's hear now from both coaches. So, Carol, well, perfect Saturday for you. Wales get the win this morning. You get the first win over Poland at home. Wales played excellent today in Israel. I will give them credit for that. They were outstanding and deserved the victory. Today I thought we were average at best, but we stole a victory in the end. So, yeah, very happy. What were your thoughts on the play David Ostens? He was excellent. He's won us a game today. Obviously, you know, the subs coming on have made a big difference as well for us. All had an impact in the game, but without David, we would have lost the game. And probably deservedly, maybe, should have lost the game. Um, but when you have a top goalkeeper, it's important he keeps you in games, and he did today because they were the better team. They were the better team for long, long stretches, and we couldn't get to grips with them. Um, you know, so when it went to 1-1, you know, I would have t- taken a draw at that point. But you know, we were bold, putting Ernie on to try and nick us a goal, and that's why we signed him. Why do you think you were uh, dominated basically yeah. midfield? Uh... I don't know. That's something we need to look at because they're a good team. They're good players. Um, you know, you can say that we had a couple missing, but it's irrelevant. We we shouldn't be dominated like that in that midfield area we were, we we're very strong in midfield and the game was won and lost in midfield every game of football and today they probably come out on top but you know a bit of moment of magic a slide rule pass from Pedro and Ernie chips it over the goalkeeper so I will take the points uh, you know it's better me being sat here not playing very well probably deserving not to win but winning rather than me sitting here and saying how positive I am with our performance and not taking anything home Can you tell you're, us, you're uh, doing good you're doing good thanks Kerry can you tell us what the uh, what exactly did you say to uh, Marshall before he came on? I said he'll get one chance. And I said, you know, I've known Ernie for a number of years and I bought him here because he can score goals. He's got 266 or seven goals in his career. And when he gets a chance, because he's always in the right position, he usually takes it. And I knew he'd get one chance. So obviously the, the, the pass was excellent, you know, slide rule pass and then the, the calmness of coolness of, fin- of finish, his calmness in his head was outstanding and you know we'll take it. What did you say to the players after the game? Because obviously you knew they were fast and with LA coming in next weekend, you've obviously tempered them. Yeah, now we need to be better next week. We're playing the best team in MLS next week in LA and the best coach. So we're going to have to be a lot, a lot better than we were today. But as I said, you know, sometimes you can't play pretty football and be brilliant and win every game of football. And today we weren't good. We were okay at best, uh, but we won. So we'll take it. We've got a lot to learn, a lot of hard work next week because, you know, I need to get into them. To we need to perform better than that. Just because the, the two days that Davey's been here, he's he's added a little bit of grit and determination to the the other guys. You know, we've we done a you know a little small practice yesterday, and he got into Gershon. You know, not many people get into Gershon, and Davey did, so he had no fear. You know, they're different types of players, and I knew that Davey in this atmosphere against this opposition would probably be more suited coming off the bench than Benny Mack, who's who's a terrific footballer, but probably not the right occasion for to blood Benny today. And Flores showed quite a lot of pace. Is that something that you're expecting from his team? Well, he's, uh, I liken him to Gershon and Matty Labba in midfield. And, you know, he showed that a drive from midfield, which I think sometimes we lack at certain times. So, you know, it was, it was a, a very positive 20 plus minutes for him I think he was eager to get a goal you know he's he obviously delighted playing in front of 22 screaming fa- thousand screaming fans here and you know it was nice it was a noise when this, the winning goal went in was brilliant did this one live up to the rivalry Carl? Oh, it's a great rivalry you you hear them you know the Portland fans are here today shouting as well at the end and you know they've come and they've played well they've played well but it does live up so 
you know, we'll take the result performance. We'll go back to work next week. We need to improve a lot, but you know, our fans will go, ha go home happy today. This probably won't. Uh, I was, a, you know, as a counter, um, you know, we we played well. We dominated the game. We're far and away the better team. I thought it was a, it was tough to to give up the first goal. I was against the run. I think they had three shots in the first half. Two of them were dead balls. Um, you know, we played outstanding, but we give up the goal. That happens. Our response was good. Uh, we pushed in the second half. Thought we, um, you know, dominated the play. Um, you know, deserved the, the leveling goal and should have scored a winning goal. We had a couple of chances there. Obviously, you have the one where their goalkeeper made a save on Adi. If we score that, we probably come out of, out of here with three points. And um, as it turns out, you know, they come down the other end and Earnshaw makes a good run and, and a good finish. And, uh, and so you have to credit them, certainly, for getting three points today. They defended well. Um, but I thought our guys uh, dominated the game and um, played very well. And I don't know how we don't win, to be honest with you. I really don't. I mean, this is the sport. Uh, it's cruel. Sometimes you have no idea how you lose a game. I, I haven't seen us dominate a game on the road like this since I've been here. Uh, it was probably the best performance I've ever seen out of our team in terms of flow and control and final third entries. And, um, you know, maybe we need, a, need to do a bit better in our precision in the final third, our quality. We, we should have scored a few more goals with as, with as much possession as we had. But, um, you know, we got to move on. What do you do? It is what it is. It's a bit unfair. I think our guys deserve better, but you got to move on. And we get ready for next week. We play Dallas, a tough team at home. we got two, two games at home, and we have to have a short memory on this one. Is this one of the most frustrating ones you've ever been part of? Yeah, probably because of the way we played. You know, there have been games where we haven't gotten the result, and you know, frankly, I haven't felt maybe we, I haven't felt maybe we deserve the result, or, or maybe I thought it was an even game and, and probably a fair. In this, I didn't think it was fair based on how well uh, we played. Um, but again, you got to credit Vancouver; uh, they've been getting results, uh, finding a way to win games like this, defending and um, countering. You know, we knew what type of game we were going to be in, um, and you got to give them credit for for finding a way to get three points. So as you could hear there, Caleb Porter sticking, basically sticking to the fact over and over again that the better team lost. Which, which uh, they did. But he did give Can't credit. Deny that. He did give the Craps credit for... The, the Craps? <laughs> he, did, he did give the Caps credit for um, the two goals that they scored and the defending they did. So, you know, it was kind of... Like I said, it was a very politically correct Caleb Porter compared to other times. I thought he was honestly going to be... Um, talking about that, the winner. Uh, maybe we should go back or start with that first because that was actually, you know, that's where it all, you know, turned around for them. Because <laughs> then it looks like yeah. it was gonna, it's hard to say the winner turned it around for them. Well, I, but, I, but but well, they basically that I asked him, did it look offside to you? How did the goal look? And he said it was, you know, they, they, it was hard for they, you know they kept him on side and everything like that. He kind of well, I mean, as as Robert Enshaw celebrated after the game. He did his, like, if you're a WWE wrestling fan, I mean, it's WrestleMania weekend, mm -hmm. so I think it was very apt that Earnshaw celebrated at the final whistle with a John Cena, you can't see me. I'm, I'm doing the thing, so yeah. if... Which if is great for podcasting. Yeah, it's, we don't even have a YouTube version of this, but I'm doing John Cena, just Google it if you have no idea what we're talking about. But let's, let's talk about Robert Earnshaw. Officially announced on Wednesday as signing, it, it's 
been the worst kept secret that he was going to sign. But the Whitecaps have had to make a little bit of adjustment. This hasn't been announced as to exactly what it is yet. But basically they have to move some players off the MLS roster onto the USL roster with a season-long loan to make room for Earnshaw. We still don't know who it is. I, it has to be. It's going to be Andre Lewis. Well, one's going to be Andre Lewis. They might even have to move two because I think they have like twelve internationals or something. I'm not sure how many international spots. They yeah, have I, I wouldn't be surprised though if we see Marco Carducci maybe well, loan for the whole season. It, that won't make a difference because they exactly. need to. They, they need to loan out an international player. I'm thinking yeah. Ethan Sampson might be the guy because he is down the pecking order right yeah. now. Yeah. So Ethan Sampson would take and then his if, international spot If there's a right-back disaster or short, they can, bring him back they can come back. Yeah. And they've also got Tim Parker as well. Yeah. I thought that Debbie Flores was going to be the guy that was maybe loaned down just so he could find his feet but here. He but on the bench today, he looked yeah. really good, think, fast as hell as well. I think if they were to give a second assist, I think, I'm not sure if they do that right away. It's not on the site right now, but he's the one that set the pass out to uh, Pedro Morales who found yeah. uh, uh, Earnshaw. So he, maybe he gets a second assist in his debut. And I know we're going to talk about Earnshaw and I've got completely sidetracked in my excitement, but just a quick word about Flores. He looks a great acquisition. And I, I spoke to Carl after the game at the press conference, asked him a question about him. Um, and he just said that the way that he's been playing at training on Friday, he wasn't really sure what was going to happen. But he challenged Kofi at training on Friday, so he seems to be the real deal. And he has a burst of pace that none yeah. of our other DMs seem to have. No, definitely not. And he's he's willing to see. He saw that opening, that open space in front of him, and he took it. And maybe guys like Lab or Kofi maybe are looking to outlet that pass out to the wing or something like that. But he went straight forward and took it, and obviously nothing came of it, but it was definitely good to see that somebody yeah. doing that from that position. Very, very impressive. So let's... Well, let, let's start with Mosquito's goal. We're going to go for Earnshaw, but let's let's change things up. So Mosquito's goal, amazing free kick. Yeah. Could be a goal of the week contender. And you and talked it, about how he looked around the wall yeah, too. Yeah, what I loved about that is you see them lining the wall up and then Mosquito takes a couple of steps, looks around the wall, as I'm demonstrating again on the podcast visually, looks around the wall, says to himself, you know, there's a little gap down there. Goes back, takes the free kick. And puts it over the it wall. Over the wall. I think it threw everyone off, but ended up in the same spot. And it was a great goal. Yeah, he basically called his shot, essentially, there. And you expect Morales to be taking those free kicks. But it was fantastic now seeing Mosquito doing it. And I think he's earned the right now to take these free kicks. Oh, once in a while here and there. Because the thing is... Uh, but it could have been a setup where they made it look like um, Morales is going to be playing off the ball. Maybe somebody's ready to. Uh, maybe they lay it off to Morales, and Morales takes a shot. That could have been the idea. Maybe to that, throw that was off. that was exactly what I said to you. I thought was going to happen. It yeah. looked like they were going to play it into Pedro's path, and the way that Pedro's been shooting, it would possibly have hit one of the pigeons in the <laughs> roof. So I think it was good that Mosquito took it. Um, after that. Portland dominated the game possession wise, but never really had any. Clear-cut chances to... Not in the first about, half, no. no. I mean, the 70th minute... That was when the first... Yeah, that was when Eisted... Well, I mean, Eisted had had a big save four minutes in when he got down low to the chive man. Yeah, um, four chive. Or four, four chive. Four. Yeah, he only had four chives. Usually you get a bunch. But Eisted got down well, turned that round the post. But then 
Portland were wasting so many opportunities. The final ball wasn't there, or when it was there, there was no one getting on the end well, of it. We we t- we talk about possession being sixty-five to thirty-four or th- whatever, sixty-six to thirty-four. If you look at the shots on target, uh, Timbers had five, Whitecaps had three. That's not that compared considering how much possession they have. They didn't yeah. really create that many shots. Even shots overall uh, was fifteen to thirteen. So while the you know Timbers had a lot of ball, they they didn't uh, clearly have make much of their opportunities and and get clear cut chances. But then in the seventieth minute, Darlington Nagby unleashed a thunderbolt. Yeah, the Ousted did fantastic to to do a sprawling save and keep that out, and you felt the goal was coming. And when Portland got the equaliser in the 82nd minute, it was deserved. As much as I hate the great unwashed, I have to say they deserved that. The that play was, deserved that. Yeah. Um, Alsted got a hand to it, but he, he basically yeah. put it in the direction of Addy and put it through. There was no defenders around Addy, and Addy, Addy just slipped it in. Moments before that, we had a chance to go up 2-0. Uh, Rivero had the ball in his feet, basically, around the six-yard area. And he just couldn't get his foot on it, the ball. It was one of those where it was like the opening game against TFC where he had the yeah. ball in his feet but couldn't get it in on that. And but, sadly, that's Rivero's streak broken now. Yeah. After him talking that he'd gone six games in a row and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to beat that. I think you jinxed him there because yeah. he kept talking about him getting 34, 34. <laughs> but then let's take us to the 89th minute. That was the turning point of the game. David Ousted. Big save. Yeah, Earnshaw may have got the match winning goal. Ousted for me was the man of the match. Because and he, he was named he, the man of the yeah, match as well. He came up big in the 89th minute. First one... Well, he, it, he, he, it wasn't his save. It was just a miss from Esprilla. Well, yeah. Um, he headed it right on the ground and it went over the net. Just missed the top. Uh, yeah, he then, didn't have anything to do with that. He put yeah, him off. That's what I was doing. Yeah. But then, then after but, that... But I was saying that if that was grass, that yeah. might have gone to net. It was yeah. the bounce probably off the turf that sailed that over the or net. Or any decent turf pitch, possibly. <laughs> possibly. Uh, one that isn't flat as a pancake, as I discovered walking across it on Thursday. Man, it's so flat. I can't wait for us to get this new turf coming, I'll tell you. It'll be good but, for the media match. Yeah. It might save me injuring myself for the third year running. But then Eisted came up with an absolutely tremendous, and I, it's like words don't do it justice as to how important that save was. Instinct save down to his left to keep just, out the big man, Addy. Yeah, he just he just went big. Basically, he went wide. Addy tried to go for the far post, and he, I think he got a foot to it or a hand to it. I can't remember exactly. It was all a blur. It was weird because I don't remember how the, it set up. He just Addy was just clearing on goal right off. It kind of took a slight deflection, deflection or it was a miss hit by Nagby, yeah. but it basically ended up at Addy's feet really fortuitously, and then Eisted came up massive, and that proved to be the the thing that then set up Earnshaw's winner. So before we talk about Earnshaw, which we were going to do about ten minutes ago now, let's actually hear from the man of the match himself, goalkeeper David Eisted. Pleased with the three points, uh, not pleased with the way we got them. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done, and uh, we're, we're going in into a week now um, where we uh, got to look at some stuff to, to be better. We had a couple of huge, huge saves. I mean, obviously that, that gave you guys the chance to win the game. What your thoughts on, on what you were able to do today to, to overall get the result? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with uh, with my performance today. I Like you said, I uh, gave us a chance to, to win it, and uh, that, that's why I'm in there. Uh, and I'm delighted to see Ernie get, uh, get that goal. Uh, it just shows uh, what a composed player he is, and uh, he's, he's in a great addition to our team. 
So how, how relieved were you when you saw Robert score that goal? Um, fantastic. Uh, I was thinking uh, another week, uh, another steal in the 90th minute. And uh, you know what? Uh, it won't always be pretty, but if we can get away with three points in these games, uh, it's, it's looking good. The second half, the way they were dominating and controlling, would, would you say thinking of things to improve on? I mean, was, was that half unfolded? Did it did it give you some concern? Uh, it did. Uh, I think um, we lacked both composure on the ball and, and um, the pressure on the ball. They did really well uh, keeping it and uh, playing around us, but um, we're a better team than what we showed today, both in the pressing and, and with the ball, and uh, that's some of the things that we need to work on. So David Ice today are very happy with his with his saves and very happy with the victory. So let's finally get to the man of the moment, Robert Earnshaw. Another great day for Wales, as we said at the start. And he, well, was he was he inspired by the win over? He Israel? said he was, yeah. and we'll hear from the man himself shortly. But he said he watched that game this morning as did Robbo, and it kind of inspired him to come and have a great debut performance. And he has scored. So many debut goals. We were, we were trying to work it out before the podcast. It's something like seven different teams that he's played for that he's got a debut goal. Yeah. In MLS alone, though, he's played for three teams now, Vancouver, Toronto, Chicago. He scored in the home debut for all three teams, and he scored in the actual debut now for Vancouver and Chicago. There's just something about debut performances that bring the best out of Earnshaw. And he earned his money, whatever. We don't know what money he's on, but he's earned his money today. It was the deftest of flicks over the advance in Portland keeper. It's um, just the experienced striker. Yeah. Yeah. And Didn't panic. Just, yeah, I mean, he kept his head. And as we'll hear in a he, sec, he said he had maybe two, two and a half seconds. Yeah. But in his mind, it's like three minutes. If, if you look at the at the replay, I think, I, I'm almost sure he takes a um, a glance at the at the... Right back, I think it was Powell. Uh, takes a glance at him and sees how far back, and that's why he snuck past the the, the central defenders. Um, and and, and w- once that pass was made, he was basically they had no chance because they were just looking, yeah. standing there looking at him. And y- you could say you can't buy that experience, but the White Caps just did. Yes, and and it was a good buy. Yeah, it's. Can you imagine? I, it was if, like goodbye to Portland after that. What Matt? What what would Maddox have done with that? You well, wonder. see that, that I, I think he would have been called offside first of all. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Although we shouldn't knock Maddox, he just scored his seventh international goal for Jamaica um, in eighteen appearances the, the other night. That's a good so that's idea. actually pretty pretty impressive. But I mean, Darren's just further down the picking order now. So yeah. again, we have to look at a trade, as we kind of mention every couple of podcasts. But anyway, back to Earnshaw. That experience is going to be crucial to the White Cats. When I spoke to Carol pre-season about what Earnshaw could bring to the team before he was signed, he said, imagine having a guy like that on your bench, that you can bring off the bench when, when you want to have one last throw of the dice, a guy that's got 250, 260 goals over his career. I mean, that, and with Rivero and with... Pedro hopefully finding form, the Whitecaps are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And grinding out these wins when they're not playing well, that's what champion teams do. And this is maybe early, and I meant to ask Carol this in the, in the post-game presser, but I was just so excited. It's very early in the season. We're still in March, still in the first month, but a six-point gap over Portland, which, looking at the long game, that could be crucial for a playoff 
spots down the line. It definitely helps in the, in the short term for sure. Um, it'll get everybody excited down here. Get the points on the board now. Yeah. And then when we have our summer slump, which we're away from home for yeah. like five or seven games, yeah. this is when you want to get the points on the board. That's why That's why this homestand is pretty important. They need yeah. to get points in almost every game and a couple of wins at least. So we spoke about Robert Earnshaw. Let's hear from the little Welsh wizard himself. Robert Earnshaw, very, very happy after his first Whitecaps goal. Noble said you were going to get one chance. You got one chance and you converted. <laughs> How did it feel? Oh, amazing. Listen, the, the, the length of time I've been playing football and that feeling of when, it, when the ball hits the net, oh my God, it's the best. It's the best. Um, when you saw him coming out, did you have enough time to think that, yeah, the best play was to maybe just chip it over to Well, I mean, within those split, maybe two, two and a half seconds, I've, my mind is going like, it's like three minutes because I, I have to know what to do, when to do it, um, and react to what he was doing. So when he came out, you know, I had a few options, so I had time. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously, uh, the best option was what happened. That was a nice little kind of John Cena, you can't see me celebration you did at the final whistle. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I didn't know what to do. It was just, I was, I was so emotional, I was so happy that uh, I kind of lost myself a little bit, you know. So, I mean, that's, that's credit to everybody here. You know, I've got, to, I've got to point out, yeah, I scored and everything and I scored the winner, but... Uh, it's not possible if you know Pedro doesn't see me. Uh, David Husted doesn't make a save maybe a minute earlier. Uh, the defending um, and the amount of work what we put in, you know. So all these things, you know, I've, I've got to. Be, that's the game, you know. That's what I see out there. So I mean, it's credit to the whole team. It wasn't nice today. It wasn't a good performance because we can do better. We can keep the ball better. We can dictate more. Um, there's a lot more to come from this team. But um, you know, it's you know when we can do this and, and win in that way, uh, and where we feel that there's a lot more to come in the tank, you know that's 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 a good foundation to have. And how many debut goals is that that you've got now in your career? You know, I'll leave I'll leave it to you guys to <laughs> to get on get on Google or something. But I don't know, I don't know. But uh, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It, you know, it's funny because uh, Carl was saying to me just now that uh, as soon as I came on. Uh, he just felt that I was going to score. It's a debut and I'm going to score. That's what he's saying. But I, I was thinking, I just need a chance. <laughs> you know, just give me one chance. Uh, but it's amazing because, you know, it's the amount of times I see, you see debuts and things just happen to go your way in, in games, especially when, when it's focused on one player. You know, it's my debut and everything. But uh, what amazing, amazing feeling. A little inspiration from that Wales win earlier this morning? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was watching Gareth Bale actually this morning. I watched the Wales team win. And, um, you know, so I came in here trying to make my debut in a good mood. You know, I, my country won today and I was really, really pleased about that. And I was just hoping to get on the pitch, you know. Uh, the goal and everything, how everything has gone today was amazing. But uh, I was just hoping to get on the pitch. Robert, what did it mean to you to finally get a chance to play after such a long trial and you know, waiting for your contract? Well, I mean, negotiations have been long, uh, you know, we, but I've, I've also been calm because uh, Rob was very good with his communication and we've spoke a lot and, um, and sat down a few times. And uh, so it's just the negotiation went on a little bit long, but um, it was all about me getting myself right, getting fit, getting ready, um, you know, getting to know the team. Um, and uh, it feels amazing. It feels amazing because 
um, it, it feels like I've worked for this, you know, I've worked for this, I've worked uh, hard in this pre-season. Uh, and I'm actually, I haven't had a pre-season for a few years. So that was one of the reason I, uh, reasons I came here, because I wanted to have a good a few weeks of pre-season to really get right, get fit. Um, and, uh, you know, I have to thank everybody, thank the team, because uh, I think it's, it's because of them and because of their hard work that I can come on and, and finish the game off. So as you heard there, an exuberant uh, Robert Enshaw, full of joy, listening to him talk there. For a guy that's in his 18th year as a professional footballer, he still gets as excited about getting his first goal for a new club as he did back in the day. And it's infectious, like, listening to him talk. Just so happy. He, like He said there, after the game, he was just lost in the moment. He just yeah. didn't know what to do. He was just so up for it. And watch for our photos up on AFTN, um, hopefully later Saturday night, maybe early Sunday, where he's like riding Waston off the pitch. Like uh, he's just so excited. Oh, yeah. And that's the stuff that we need for the locker room. And it's just another player that's just going to add to this great he's atmosphere. He's definitely going to be room. an infectious uh, personality in there. And like winning games like this, winning three straight, having three dramatic late winners. Two which. People say you didn't deserve. Yeah, well, they're always going to say that. Yeah. And we didn't, des- we, sure. yeah, we didn't deserve it tonight. This one was a definite. Yeah, definitely can't go with that. But, I mean, the Whitecaps locker room didn't need that much more confidence as it was. Yeah. But, boy, they are just going to be riding a sky-high wave to face LA. We may get our first win against LA, get that monkey off our back. Now, hopefully we can get do that done. And LA lost today against DC as well, so... Yeah. Hey, we are the form team just now. Good to hear. Well, FC Dallas, you got them really well. And Portland is still winless. Caleb Porter has never won an MLS match in March. Interesting. Yeah, they always seem to get off the slow starts last year too. Um, and, and Dallas always seem to get off the great starts and then almost blow it. And then, yeah, and the, and the thing is with, with uh, Caleb Porter, you know, Diego Valeri and Will Johnson, they're probably not going to come out till mid-May. Yeah. He was mentioning that in his scrum. Uh, so it's be interesting to see, uh, you know, how they are able to maintain it and and keep going without two of their best players in the midfield. And I think they're going to struggle for a few weeks to come. They've had a really tough start to the schedule. I think they, I read something like the teams that they've played for the first three games were the teams that's won five of the last six MLS Cups. Well, they're playing FC Dallas next week. They're yeah. hosting them at home. So, so, so they've got to go yeah, and win it. And now they're, they're playing the table toppers. So. Yeah, they're the ones that actually uh, probably the most informed out of all the teams. And they've had injuries. They didn't have anyone away on international duty because they managed to recall Alvis Powell. Not yeah. that it helped them. But they showed their dirty side today. I mean, Caleb Porter, as we all know now, made a lot, as you heard in the last podcast, about how physical the Whitecaps are. But Caleb Porter should have a look at his own team because they singled out Adekugbe, I feel, today, knowing that he had bad ribs and there was a couple of challenges on him, Ridgewell in particular, when they pushed him down the box, they were going for him because he had the sore ribs. I also want to see Ridgewell again after that incident because I felt he maybe elbowed or slapped um, Adekugbe as well. Uh, and then Powell was a bit dirty. He pushed him into the boards. Yeah. Maybe a shoulder charge, 50-50. But he needs to have a good look at himself. And I'm going to make a prediction here. If Portland don't turn it around soon and have continued to have this mixed to bad start to the season... I don't think Caleb Porter is going to survive through the summer, and he's going to be out of there. I think they'll. I I think the the ownership will give him. I, I disagree with you. I, I think they'll give him till the end of the year. 
because of the fact of the injuries to Valerian Johnson. I think that will make a difference. And but if he's not able to make the playoffs this year, I, I agree yeah. with you. I, I think he's gone. I just think he's a highly overrated coach as well, yeah. and he just gets by on his college reputation. And he's not one of the best coaches in, M- in MLS at all. So we've talked a little bit about Portland there. Steve went to the Portland locker room, as we mentioned earlier. So we're going to hear a little bit of audio from some of their players now. First of all, we're going to hear from Liam Ridgewell. And we'll also hear from goal scorer Fernando Adi and Nat Borchers. We weren't so much fearing that beard today. Liam, uh, second goal gave up. Uh, you, you guys, you were right alongside Earnshaw. Did you feel he was offside or do you think... It was- it was just on your shoulder. No, uh, Alves. I think we're playing him on. It was just a mistake from us, and uh, it's disappointing. One. You you went up against uh, uh, before the, all the physicality in the box, especially on the set pieces. How do you think that went for you guys? Very well. We didn't score from it, so that was good for us. How did you see that goal unfold? That final that final score. Yeah, it went through both of us. Um, it's a mistake and something we've got to uh, get over very quickly. How frustrating is it to completely dominate a game like that? Squeeze off 65 percent of the possession and then. Had a slip away, uh, slipper, uh, at least from your point, uh, slip away. At the Very end. frustrating. You know, we dominated the game. We, we uh, felt we could have won the game. Um, you know, something we've, you know, we've worked on. And uh, you know, if we keep playing that, we'll, we'll miss, win most of our games. But you know, it's obviously very disappointing. Be- being one of the leaders on the team, do you think you, you got to take the positive out of this, considering you dominated the possession and definitely. all the chances? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, uh, we've dominated it, and we felt we should have won the game. But you know, we didn't. We lost. So uh, you know, we've got to put that right. A couple times now, results have slipped away uh, in the last minutes. Do you think there, there's anything you guys need to do to address that, or is that just bad luck? That's just football, sadly. I think it's football, sadly. Something we've, uh, something we've got to address, but sadly that's football, and hopefully it will turn around for us and we'll, we'll win a few like that, hopefully, throughout the season. Today, uh, we're not able to create a lot in the first half, and uh, but we were able to play, which is uh, a step forward. But I think uh, it's just a combination we need to work on and um, playing more together. What's the key to getting... you got plenty of shots on goal. What, what's the key to, to get them into the net? What's that? What's the key to getting the shots into the, into the net? You had um, shots Yeah, <laughs> it's football. Um, some things, uh, such games comes around and uh, when you are not able to put the ball in the back of the net, the other team uh, comes and uh, try to get the ball in the back of the net. And uh, today uh, we can say... Um, the better team lost the game. Um, of course, uh, it's all about winning, and uh, if we are not able to win, we are not a better team. So uh, that's all we can say. They were better, and that's how, that's why they won. What do you make out of uh, going up against the two big guys in Cod, Boston for White? Uh, I've played a couple of times with them, and uh, but um, I think uh, they are pretty much physical. I think in the whole of the league, uh, they are the most physical team I play against, especially uh, the two defenders, because um, uh, I can turn around them. Um, I asked the referee, you call the same fouls for uh, the other player, the striker of Vancouver, but you don't call it for me. Why? Is it because I'm big or what? So it's just something uh, we've got to look into, because uh, if he doesn't call my fouls and he calls the same foul against uh, the opening striker, it's just something uh, I can handle. I can control that. What I can control is... Uh, Playing my game, and I mean, they played well. Of course, uh, they defended well. They caught our, uh, our crosses, but um, I mean, yeah, they're good defenders. You guys dominated the match, as your coach said. Um, is, you take more positives out of this, or is it just you have to take it as a loss and move on to the next one? No, we take a lot of positive out of it. 
uh, we know Vancouver is a, is a tough team to play uh, against them, especially we playing against them is always a fight. And uh, we come in here to play them uh, outrightly. We possess the game, we created more chances, we did everything more than they had. But um, unfortunately, they could score two goals and we just got one goal. And uh, I mean, we take a lot of positive things out of the game. We just need to um, forget about it as soon as we can and um, focus on the next game. Uh, you know, it was a strange one. Uh, we're going to have to go back and look at it. Um, you know, we just didn't get any pressure to the ball. And, um, you know, I think we were kind of uncertain about who was going to step to the pass. And I uh, threaded it through. And I think uh, another day, maybe he's offsides. Um, I think, you know, we unfortunately kept him on somehow. Um, you know, and, and, but to, to be fair, uh, we created, you know, a lot of chances before that. I thought that uh, overall we, you know, we were the better team tonight. Uh, you know, I'd rather come out of here uh, with, you know, if, we, if we'd have tied the game, I would be saying the same thing. I think that uh, it would have been frustrating because, you know, we, we did so well. We, we had um, so much of the ball, and, uh, you know, on their home field. And um, we just had a ton of quality. And I think that, uh, again, we just need to continue to, to progress and, 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 uh, and play the way that uh, we've been playing, and it's going to come. Is this something you can maybe look as a positive that you, you're missing your top, a couple of your top players in the midfield, your dominated possession, and then you're getting valuable experience for young players? And you, you know, you lose, lost the game, but you still came out like looking good. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is a results business, of course. You know, we're, we're disappointed we lost the game. We we do acknowledge, yeah, we we've got, you know, uh, we've had a lot of guys step up and play very very well. You know, I think that our, our system um, and, and the players that we have um, have really gelled. And yeah, we're missing some players. You know, we got some guys who are on the mend, and we'll be back soon, and that's going to help us. Uh, but right now, we've got a very good group, and you know, again, I think that uh, we're going to we're going to get our stride with that first win. So some of the Portland Timber players there, and as Steve mentioned, they play Dallas next week, so yeah. that's going to be a really tough one. And they seem to want to take positives out of this game because they they feel they did dominate the game and and with possession, but they all agree, you know, they didn't they didn't get the result, and that's the most important thing. Whitecaps now continue the second of their three-game homestand when LA come to town next Saturday. That's going to be another great game. And I, I wasn't joking when I said it before, I really do think this is going to give them the impetus to go on and grind out a result. But they have to be more aggressive at home. They can't play an LA side the way that they played the Portland side. 100% agree. Because LA will rip them to pieces. Yeah. The, and LA's got the finishers, the much better yeah. finishers and much better uh, pos- uh, Purpose in the final. Third. And Robbo's going to know that, and we're going to see a much different team. We won't look at that too much just now because we'll do a, a preview show. But that was the first Cascadian derby today of the season. First Whitecaps win of the season for the Whitecaps against Cascadian opposition as they look to three peat in the Cascadia Cup, make it the quest for six. Yeah, and we'll get some scarves with that. And it's a Cascadian derby. <laughs> Yeah, let's not go down that whole scarf route. Like, okay. let's, let's not touch that <laughs> it, it, with, it's been with a scarf out. pole. It's been worked um, But it's a Cascadian Derby weekend yeah. because the USL season kicks off for Whitecaps 2 on Sunday as they head down the I-5 to, to take on Seattle. That's Starfire. Uh, I'm going down for the game and really looking forward to it. What's your hopes for the season? We'll talk a little bit USL now, Steve, just to, to round the podcast up. But what is your hopes for the season for the USL team? Do you? I mean, it's mainly there for development, but I want to see a winning team in the park, and for me, that's the best development that can get. No, I hundred percent agree. Development is the best uh, number one thing. You got to get the young guys minutes. You don't want to have too many veterans, 
and too many players that really you know don't have a future. They might be you know initially the the best players to put on there to get the results, but they but you know they they're obviously they have no realistic future with the number one side, the MLS side. But you want to get the development, but you also you, part of development, and this is something that we've talked to other residency coaches about, Gordon Forrest and others about you know about development, and they said that winning is part of that development process. That yeah. they need to l- know how to win those games. They need to how to close out games, and all of that is important. And getting three, po- there's nothing wrong with getting three points. Yes, you want to make sure that the players are getting the right minutes and everything, but that. But you also got to win because you can't have... Losing can hamper the development, honestly. Winning breeds a winning mentality, which is what Carl wants to have in his locker room in the first team. So they have to go out there and do that. And they they want as well because they they want to... They see this as a stepping stone. Uh, One one of the guys uh, is a Spanish winger, Victor Blasco, who's come through the Barcelona Academy, played in Mallorca. um, And... His his dream is to come and play in MLS. That's why he's over here. Watch out for an interview on AFTN with him next week. But he sees this as a stepping stone. So he's out to impress in USL to try and get this MLS contract. And all the guys are going to be. And I think we're going to see a, a competitive and a successful team. Now, I had a chance to speak to head coach Alan Koch. And I spoke to him after Sunday's friendly win against Oregon State. And I also spoke to him at training on Friday. So we're going to play the first two questions that you're going to hear are me speaking to him after the Oregon game. And then you're going to hear myself and Whitecaps' Brandon Timko just having a quick chat with him at training on Friday just about the Seattle game and the season to come. So here's USL head coach, Alan Koch. The two games against SFU, Oregon, how do you view the two different performances? Um, I think the first 25 minutes or 30 minutes against SFU, I think they gave us a good a good challenge. Uh, and then I think uh, our guys figured things out and picked it up and came out and, and put in a good performance the rest of the way through. Uh, I think today, and I give Oregon State credit uh, for the majority of the 90 minutes, uh, they made us question ourselves at times and, and made us have to go out there and actually problem solve on the pitch having said that I give our guys credit it wasn't a great performance but they figured it out they got themselves a result we win and we should move forward now to the season in, in good confidence and feeling pretty good about ourselves and that was the other thing I was going to ask a week now to the first game you must just be itching to, to go what shape do you see the, the team in? Yeah, I think we're in a good place. Um, I think we we have a good group of players. I think they're enthusiastic. They're motivated. I think they're they're fit. They're ready. I think we have a good grasp of uh, how we're asking them to play at this stage. It's now obviously figuring out exactly what the starting lineup's going to be. Um, yeah. If you ask me right now, I have I have no, I have no clue uh, because it's not just looking at our group that we have right now. It's also trying to manage the the player pool that the group. Uh, has within the club um, but the group that we have here the group that's been working very hard for us I'm very very proud of them so far and I'm excited to work with them going into the season um, we're obviously going to Seattle next week they played last night they won um, so they picked up three points already they've got that first game first uh, jittery nerves out of the way already too um, but we got, we got a good week we'll, we'll put a good week of training in together and 
go out, give us our best shot, and we're feeling good about ourselves. So there's no reason why we can't go there and win the three points. What are you expecting from Seattle? Uh, good club, good team. Uh, we played them two weeks ago, and, and to be honest, they played two different groups in 45 minutes, uh, where we played a group slightly longer in the game. Uh, I thought we went there uh, willing to play our guys closer to 90 minutes. They were still probably a few days behind us at that stage. We got a positive result on the road. Uh, it's almost flipped over now where they've played one league game and we haven't. Um, so uh, we're confident. We know we can go down there and beat them. Um, having said that, we know they're a quality team too, so we're looking forward to the game. This will be the first professional match for some of these guys in a hostile environment. What advice are you going to give them going into the match? Uh, relax, enjoy it. Um, all that really matters is between the white, yellow, whatever lines they'll have on the pitch. Uh, don't worry about anything on the outside. It's 11 players against 11 players. You've played hundreds of games in your career. Go out there, enjoy the moment, and uh, let's play for each other. There'll be some overlap with loans from the MLS team. Can you talk to us a little bit about how it's going to work Saturday, uh, moving into Sunday with some of the players? Yeah, we just had a chat with our guys now. Uh, games like this where the first team plays on Saturday night, uh, we're only going to leave after the game. Uh, these are the situations where players that don't get many minutes maybe in the first team game or don't play at all will probably be loaned down to us. Uh, who exactly that'll be, we have a pretty good idea at this stage, but we'll only know once the final whistle blows in the MLS game on Saturday night and then those guys will hop on the bus with us and head down on Sunday. How hard is it for you to, to know what your starting lineup is going to be when you don't know right up until the day before the game who's going to be available? Uh, it, it's a challenge, um, but it's a challenge we knew about uh, when... Uh, but when I decided to take the job and when the club decided to do this, they knew you'd be managing two different groups. Um, so we're aware of it. We've had some of the MLS players train with us the last week, two weeks. Um, I think those players are aware they'll be focused, obviously, on the Saturday game, just like we all will be, to make sure the first team gets three points. And then the second that game ends, we'll just switch focus and then make sure we're ready to go for Sunday. So it is a bit of a challenge mentally. Um, but as a club, we just focus on Saturday's game. And then whoever's with us for Sunday, we stop preparing and then we go forward from there. So that was Alan Koch there talking about the Seattle game on Sunday and the USL season ahead. I'm, I'm really excited for it. I hope the fans get behind yeah. it. I hope they really go out I, I think, and support the team. I know I it's, it's a long way to go. It's, it's, it's a game where you know you want to get results like we talked about before. But I think... I think I'm going to go there and not worry about results. Like, you know, you kind of... You know, I'm not. The MLS team, you want them to get the, you know, one of the wins and everything like that. But here I'm just going to treat it as like a fun reserve league and just enjoy, yeah, the, enjoy the games and... Enjoy the games, No, man. I'm going to demand victory. I'm going to hold the players <laughs> to account if they don't perform. Um, and if Alan Koch isn't doing it, as great as we get on with him for the last few years, I'll be calling for his head. Well, maybe that's a bit dramatic. But what what I do like that Alan and the Whitecaps have done is they've just made some really good veteran, well, I say veteran, but experienced additions. Yeah. They've... They sprinkled it here and there. Yeah. They added two guys on Friday with MLS experience. Billy Schuller, who had been with San Jose Earthquakes last year, got minutes in MLS and in Champions League action, and also had been playing over in Sweden before that. Then you also have Ian Christensen, who played MLS minutes with New York last year and Champions League minutes as well. And, I mean, he had a a, a good college career as well. So those guys' experience is, is going to be excellent for the Whitecaps. They also have a lot of experience in their captain, Canadian guy, Tyler Rosenland, BC boy, excited to be be back in BC with the Whitecaps. And he's captaining the team. He's 
taking on a captain's role in these friendlies that we've seen very vocal at times. And I think that's excellent for the White Caps. It's good. It's, it, you know what? People say that you know you want too many veterans on the on the in the you know starting eleven, but those veterans are going to help the young guys, and they're going to be like additional coaches on the field. Exactly, and they'll be able to you know guide these guys through there and, and into uh, like we said the development of the of the players individually. And talking to Tyler, you might have read my interview with him on AFTN a couple of weeks ago, but we thought we'd play it for you in full just now because he was a, an interesting guy to talk to. And just to have a little bit of a special extra thing for the USL season kicking off tomorrow. So let's hear now from Whitecaps 2 captain, Tyler Rosenland. So we're joined by Tyler Rosenland now. Tyler, welcome back to coming to play back in BC. How, how does it feel to be back playing at home? Uh, it's an awesome feeling. You know, uh, I haven't, haven't played home since basically I was 17, 18. I was in school in Santa Barbara three years, in Sweden for a year, Toronto for a year, and the last five in Rochester. So uh, it's definitely good to be able to play in your backyard for family and friends. So, so what is it that, that's brought you back to Vancouver at this stage of your career? Uh, you know, I'm a little older now. Um, you know, I was I was kind of getting, uh, you know, I've been in Rochester the last five years. I kind of thought it was time to, uh, to you know, try to come home, um, especially with uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps having a USL team now. Um, you know, the opportunity came, uh, came up so I could uh, play here. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, be close to family and friends. And, um, you know, I know it's going to be a young team. I'm 28 now. I feel like I can give uh, some experience to the younger guys and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh pass off some wisdom onto them so I was going to ask you about that I don't want to call you the old man of the team yeah. but yeah like it's a very young team very young. so I mean has Alan brought you in primarily for that experience and is that something that you're going to really enjoy like imparting what you've got with the team so far yeah I know definitely um you know I don't know the exact reason I'm sure that was definitely one of the reasons why Alan brought me in um you know I was on a young team last year with Rochester I uh captain the side um you know I've been in the league now five years um you know I've played professionally seven years now um, you know, I feel like I can I can help the young guys. You know, you um, you know this league. Uh, you know, it's obviously below MLS, but there there's some good teams in this in this league with uh, you know with men. So uh, you know, hopefully uh, I can give some leadership and expertise on how teams play. And you know, this, um, you know, hopefully I'm able to help the younger guys out. As you say, you've been in the the league a, a number of years now, so you know the league really well. You know how strong and the, and the competition in it. Still early days in camp, but from what you've seen, how do you think the squad shapes up to what you've been used to the last five years? Uh, you know, I think this. I think I think we'll do well. I think uh, I think uh, technically, I think they'll be uh, one of definitely one of the better teams in the league. Um, you know, LA Galaxy two had a, it was the first MLS team to have a team last year, and uh, you know they're all very technically gifted um they were a very tough team to play um this league generally is uh, very athletic very very high pace um you know high pressure so i think if we uh if we're able to uh you know pass well like we can uh, around this pressure i think we'll do very well you know uh with a young team obviously uh you know playing as men i think set pieces will be a big thing that we're gonna have to uh, have to work on um but i think uh i think i i i think the the talent's talent's definitely there so um you know, this is this is great for the young guys. Uh, I know when I was at Toronto, there was nothing like this. Um, you know, 30 guys in the squad, and you know, if there, unless there was an injury, you, you really had no chance to play. So, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity for them. And um, you know, the best example is uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Dom Dwyer was on loan from Kansas City yeah. with uh, Orlando. He wasn't going to get a chance for the first team. You know, he came in, and scored 17, 18 goals, and now he's uh, 
you know, starting for Kansas City, and I think he like he might even be getting called into the U.S. team soon. So, uh, you know, it's definitely a very good chance for these young guys to, uh, to you know, show uh, show the Whitecaps in the league what what they're uh, how they can play. And like the role that you're going to have on the team is it like a DM role, centre midfield role? Uh, I you know I have no idea. You know, I'll play wherever the coach wants to play me or whatever role he wants me to play. Um, you know, I generally play um, anywhere in you know a centre midfielder. Um, you know, holding box to box. Um, anything like that but uh you know it's only a weekend so i have no idea what my ex- actual role will be but uh you know whatever it is i'm i'm up for it and you know it's just really excited for the for the season to be to get going to be honest just be, before we wrap up i just want to talk to you a little bit about your college career now you're with santa santa barbara gate yeah. shows it's like so i've been at a couple of their games and the atmosphere is just tremendous but you're with the team when they went to the 2004 and the 2006 yes. championship which they won how did you find that whole experience and just basically playing your college soccer down there yeah you know the, the experience there was unbelievable um you know going in um you know i was lucky and fortunate or not or yeah fortunate there was two other bc boys that went down with me uh, miles davis and andrew proctor um you know uh, I, I watched college games before. That, you know, each team maybe got you know a thousand, two thousand fans. Um, yeah, it's crazy. There. You know, when I went, when I got recruited, uh, you know, they had no football team. The basketball team wasn't very good at that point of uh, when I was there. So soccer was really the main team. So uh, you know, we got between you know four thousand to seven, eight thousand a game. You know, it was kind of the thing to do at at that school was to come watch the games, playoff games. You know, two thousand four, my freshman year, we hosted a lead eight game. There was fifteen thousand. Um, so that was. You know, that was definitely a surreal experience and definitely prepared me for the pro ranks. And then um, obviously losing in the final of the year was heartbreaking at penalty shots. And, uh, you know, I was kind of told that, you know, that probably is not going to happen again, getting making the final. And, you know, two years later, we kind of, you know, we kept a lot of the guys and uh, we won it in 2006. We hosted another Elite Eight game that year as well, and there was 15,000. So uh, it definitely, um, definitely helped, uh, you know, playing in front of people because, you know, it's one thing when you're playing you're playing in front of, you know, 10, 20 people, you know, you're not scared to make a mistake, you know, when you're playing in front of 10, 15,000 people, it's a little more pressure, you know, when you're getting the ball on your own end and you give a ball away, you know, it's it's a little different. So it definitely prepared me a bit for uh, the program. And, um, you know, I had a a surreal experience there. It was definitely a very, very good experience there. So for for you yourself, um, coming now to the Whitecaps at at the age that you are, are you still looking at possibly getting a shot to to go MLS with the Whitecaps, or is that just nothing that you're looking at at the moment? Well, and just I mean, obviously, here. obviously, any pro wants to play at the highest level yeah. they uh, can absolutely play at. Um, obviously, if if yeah, if I got asked to go up, I would definitely say yes, um, like any any professional would. Um, but you know, I know at my age that you know. It, Probably probably won't happen, but you ne- you never know, right? So um, you know, I'm just gonna come out every day and you know do my best, and you know you never know what'll happen, right? So uh, you know, I feel at this point, even though I think for soccer, you know, 28 is considered uh, old. I feel like at this point, I'm kind of in the prime of my career. I feel like I'm smarter than I was a few years ago. You know, um, uh, still fit. I feel like uh, you know, I, I feel like I can definitely play at this level. So um, you never know, right? So see what happens well good luck to the season ahead look forward to seeing you and hopefully the fans come out out in force and cheer you on yeah definitely thank you thanks so much so that was WFC2 captain Tyler Rosenland there But that's it for another episode of the podcast, episode 103, In the Banks of History, and I think I'm going to be happy 
for the next week, and I don't know if I'm well, going to calm down. You you easily can get depressed if you go down to Starfire and they, it doesn't come over that way. So let's yep. let's take it the way one day at a time. I'll be playing on my one punk, day at a time punk stuff on the way home just to get me really angry. But before we head off, Steve, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat, and you can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. You can read all our stuff AFTN. Get there by going to AFTN.ca. And I'm also the White Cats beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so you can read all my stuff on there. But until next time, we'll be back with a pre-game show for the LA, and we'll look over that White Cats first USL match against Seattle. But until then, as always, thanks for listening, take care, and mon the three games in a row winning Caps. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, crackly reception, interference... Cozy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?